BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Dave McCann. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play in Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, February 17th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the man who operates very well while thousands of kids scream at him, Dave McCann. It's kids' day. That's that's partly why I'm here. I, I'm one of the kids. Uh, it's a primary <laughs> chorister's nightmare uh, yeah. over at the Marriott Center at the top of the hour right here on BYU TV. Kids' day with the women's basketball team. So we got thousands of kids between, what, third and fourth grade? I've heard second like to that. fifth in that range or and, something. And they yeah. just make noise. Here's the calm before the storm. As we look live uh, inside the Marriott Center, that'll be, I don't know how many, there'll be at least a thousand, and they just make noise the whole time. Yeah, this is before SpongeBob SquarePants is being screamed and Justin Bieber, and you better believe, uh, don't talk about Bruno is going to crush today. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. So, welcome to our pregame show. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Essentially. That's coming up at the top of the hour BYU and LMU, and they've won how many games in a row? The women at home? 28. 28 is 28. crazy. School record's 33, which they won't be able to get yeah. until next season. Next year. Um, if they can finish here and then Gonzaga Saturday, and then that'll be it. But 28 in a row. That's amazing. Yeah. What a special group. Okay, here's the show lineup today. Is it March Madness or Bust for Men's Hoops? Oh, we're going we're gonna to polarize the question. Let's go. Plus, it's a ball day, as we mentioned, for the women's basketball team. Spencer Linton sat down with the four seniors to talk about this magical season and uh, how they hope to finish. And Jason Shepard chats with baseball coach Mike Littlewood ahead of the season opener tomorrow in Port Charlotte, Florida. We sent Shep on that trip. That's a tough he assignment. Deser- he deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fire up some headlines. BYU men's basketball, 19-8 and eight on the season. They're ranked 53rd in Jay Billis's latest team rankings. That's not great. That's 53rd. Gonzaga's number one, St. Mary's, and San Francisco are 32 and 38, respectively. BYU remains the last team in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. What a big game Saturday at St. Mary's. Break it down coming up. Number 20 women's hoops, as mentioned, Jose Lemieux at the top of the hour right here on BYU TV. It's the penultimate home game with Gonzaga looming Saturday on senior day. Trap game, question mark. Cougars are a projected five seed in ESPN's latest, latest bracketology. Anytime snow falls here in Utah County, you know it's baseball and softball season. <laughs> Softball team playing a doubleheader in the Stanford Invitational today. 6.30 Eastern time against the Cardinal. San Jose State's at 9 Eastern. This is a pretty good BYU team. They're 4-1 to start the season. Lost to UNLV. They won four straight. Of course, you'd mentioned UNLV, Dave. Uh, you and I have both called games in the snow with BYU baseball. Yes, we have. <laughs> it was a, just crazy. It was a freezing experience. Yes, and, and I used to be outside for those. You got moved inside at some point. Somebody came up with an idea. Yeah. Why aren't we inside? Yeah, exactly. And then we got inside. Yeah. Justin, Sue, and I are sitting out there freezing <laughs> way back in the day. To the baseball diamond, as mentioned, the uh, coaches picked BYU to finish in second in the West Coast Conference to Gonzaga with Cole Gamble and Andrew Pintar on the preseason West Coast Conference team. The Cougars play Indiana State. Larry Bird, what's up in the season opener tomorrow? Ashley Hatch and the U.S. Women's National Team play their first match of the She Believes Cup against the Czech Republic. That's tonight at 11 Eastern. The She Believes Cups, a four-team international tournament. The U.S., the Czech Republic, Iceland, and New Zealand are in it. We'll see if she can score another goal in the first 25 seconds of the match tonight. <laughs> that would be quite the accomplishment yeah. again. She did it against Australia a couple of months ago. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, serving Utah since 1968. Okay, no men's hoops games tonight. All prep is going into Saturday against St. Mary's in Moraga. Lately, it's been about offense for BYU Day, but when the Cougars beat St. Mary's at home, what feels like a million years ago, it was 52-43, to 43, absolutely defensive. So, how will the Cougars have to do it this time around? Is it offense or is it defense? I think you have to go back to what worked before, which worked in the first 17 wins of the season, which was defense, which they haven't played lately. Um, and and that's, I think that's everything for them. They start with defense and rebounding, and then the offense comes. Uh, they, they played horrible defense the last couple of games out, and the offense had to bail them out, and it did. But when you're on the road, you know, like Steve Fisher used to always say from San Diego State, defense, you pack your defense, it travels. It travels. And, yeah. and a lot of times your shot does not. But if you can defend, you're in the game with a chance. And that's what St. Mary's does at home. They, they take the air out of the ball. It becomes an ugly game, much like it was up here when BYU beat them 52-43. to 43. The Gales were just 4 of 23 from the three-point line, 29% overall. This is not a bad shooting team, but it was a bad shooting team that night. BYU didn't shoot great either, just 1 of 13 from three. But those 19 forced turnovers were the difference in the Cougars, one of their biggest wins of the season. Now, if they can do that again, at St. Mary's, oh, they're going to miss 45. See that nice block? That was sweet. Uh, at, they are going to miss If they can yeah. do that again against St. Mary's, it'll forgive them of a few sins. And, um, and it's really not about what are they going to take fourth or fifth or third in the WCC. You beat St. Mary's and you're back up in the polls that matter, which is the net and the, and the others that project you into the tournament a little higher than just the last guy in. Yep. But if they don't play defense, St. Mary's probably not going to shoot four of 23 from three at home. So you got to yep. play defense yep. or, uh, or it could get ugly real fast. 100%. And we talked about this earlier in the week uh, with Spencer Johnson. Here's what he had to say when I asked him, do you feel like you can snap back into that same kind of defensive team you were? Yeah, we've been, t- we've been watching a ton of film. They got us in there, you know, watching this clip, watching this guy. Um, how did our defense look on, on this possession, on this possession? What are we going to do here? And – I mean, you guys watched that game. What did they go, like 12 minutes without scoring? Yeah, it was, it was like a stupid amount. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, that's going to be really hard to, re- to repeat, but um, definitely, definitely doable. That's the hope is that BYU can become that team again because the last six games, BYU has allowed 70-plus. BYU is 6-7 when giving up 70-plus. And then when BYU gives up 76-plus, that's kind of been a weird number, 2-5. BYU was 0-5 until the last two games where it still won. Now, BYU's not playing LMU and Pepperdine this no. week. That's the bad news. Um, the good news is BYU can watch that film and be like, okay, this worked that time. Perhaps it can work again. I do fear that without Foose, though, you're already down to your third string, you know, number five at that point, right? Um, that, that will be a bigger challenge where BYU would have to overcome no Foose on defense with more offense. I, I think that perhaps... There needs to be, uh, you know, 52 points worth of offense <laughs> was enough to win by nine. I don't think that will be the case in this matchup. Um, so BYU's got to play good D. But I think the the discovery of the team that put up, you know, 1.26 and 1.32 points per possession last two games, those are the top two D1 offensive rated games of the season. A semblance of that offensive group needs to show up in Moraga because I don't think that without Foos, we're hoping Foose plays. If he doesn't, I don't think BYU can do what it did at home. It's just going to be hard to be like, hey, Atiki, can you do all that? 
Need Again, you to be a senior. Right? Need you to be a senior. It's going to be tough. So, uh, obviously, it's a combination. But I think BYU's got to play way better offense. Hey, St. Mary's went into Santa Clara last week and got beat, just like BYU did. They, they're very similar, these two teams, only yep. they're taller. And uh, rebounding and defense, I agree with you, is going to be the key on Saturday. All right, here's the next one. March Madness. Is it March Madness or bust for this basketball team? <sighs> it's a good question because at what point this team was ranked 12th and like a four-seed kind of type of team? So do we readjust expectations based on injuries and the reality? <sighs> the program the last two years has made the tournament or would have made the tournament. So the expectation from Mark Pope is that they make it. And given what happened early in the season and BYU's been in the whole time until perhaps the end, maybe they're not. We hope they are. <sighs> the NIT is probably a bust for this team. I think, they, I think that the fan base needs to – uh, see an NCAA tournament. But given the injuries, Dave, it's hard to expect and call it a bust given how well this team played without uh, Richard Harward and Gavin Baxter and perhaps Foose at the end a little bit here. Bust sounds like it was just worthless and garbage. Right. No, this team's good. Um, it just wouldn't be up to probably the standard, but bust is probably too strong a word there. Here's the, uh, here's the thought. Look at all the great BYU teams and then eliminate their front line. Do they get to the NCAA tournament? Does Danny Ainge get to the NCAA tournament if Greg Kite's out, Fred Roberts is out, and Steve Trumbo's out? Does Jimmer get to the big dance without Brandon Davies, no heart sock, and, uh, uh, and Logan Magnuson or something? So I think I think reality reality is uh, reality is just sitting right there, going, "Hey, look, this was an NCAA tournament team. It can be if it wins Saturday and can finish strong, but if it's not." It makes perfect sense to understand what happened and why they're not because of the front line of Harward, Baxter, and now Foose at a very critical time of the season to be out. And uh, you, you can't get to the show without a front line. So, man, Saturday's huge. Hope they can play better than they are on Saturday. Yes, which BYU was. We can now clearly see that BYU, to its credit, was overachieving without – Gavin Baxter and Richard Harvard. It was incredible what they were doing with two freshmen from a different continent, from a different religion, like all the off-the-court stuff that they were able to manage effectively and still have to some degree, right? And then Alex Barcelo cranked it up a notch on Saturday when BYU needed it, which was great. They got it done on the road in overtime against LMU. It's like, okay, but that version of that team is an attorney team. No. A attorney team doesn't go to LMU and Pepperdine and barely win, right? right. They, they go and dominate. Okay, which brings us to the resume update. Ned is the same at 53. Ken Palm's 53. These are not numbers of teams that make the tourney, by the way. BYU's hanging on by a thread, okay? BYU's got to climb into like the mid-40s here. If they beat St. Mary's on Saturday, perhaps they get a, a big boost there. St. Mary's, by the way, recently 21 in net. This would be the best win of the year if BYU gets it. Team rankings, a 1.2% better chance. I don't know why. I don't even know if I care. Awesome. 19%. Still a 12 seed in bracketology. So, huge game coming up Saturday. No game today. Um, but you know what it is today? San Francisco against St. Mary's. Right. San Francisco was up 23 against the Gales and lost. It's the second largest comeback in the WCC to BYU's comeback against Iona in the first four. See, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind St. Mary's winning this tonight and getting worn out because Amen. really all that matters is that BYU beats them on Saturday. It, yes. Again, it's not about, hey, who's going to be second? Who's going to be playing Saturday or Monday in the tournament? 
as far as getting into the big dance. It's, um, you know, maybe triple overtime, you know, something where, <laughs> where awesome. St. Mary's is worn out and then BYU comes in with fresh legs. It's a big break for BYU to not have anybody tonight Yep. because of Saturday. And it's Saturday's that big. It's a huge game. Our question of the day, is it March Madness or bust for BYU men's basketball? You just heard what we said. What do you have to say in Voice of the Nation? This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Sid Bowerbank on IG. It's always March Madness or Bust. With that being said, we had so many injuries this year. It's understandable that we've been struggling. It happens. We'll be back. Now, remember, BYU next year will lose uh, Barcelo and Lucas. That guard line is going to be tough to replace. Uh, we'll be shopping the portal. <laughs> Again. Okay. So, this team is, uh, you know, this team's was good enough. Hopefully, they can figure it out here at the end of the year. All right, coming up in the spirit of the Blondie Classic, call me, we ask, will Yoli Childs be getting the call up to the NBA this season? He's crushing it, man. And the four seniors on the women's hoops team chat with Spencer Linton about the final week at home, making a run in the NCAA tournament, and much more that's coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation as they get ready for LMU at the top of the hour. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Paisley Harding right there. It's the biggest show in town. The 20th ranked women's basketball team taking on LMU top of the hour live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Cougars have been ranked since November 29th, longest stretch in team history. As mentioned, they've won 28 straight games at the Marriott Center, closing in on the all-time record of 33. It's coming up here, and uh, they are fun to watch. This is, I think this is the best team, the best women's basketball team I've ever seen at BYU, and, yeah. and maybe the best that, that Juddy's had in his 21 seasons. They have to validate it with at least a Sweet 16 yeah. to be in the conversation with the two other teams that have done that. Welcome back to Studio B. Uh, Jerem Jordan alongside Dave McCann at 21-2 and two and ranked 20th in the country. Jeff Judkins is dealing with one of his best teams of all time. It's a team that has benefited from an insurgence of skill and experience with COVID seniors. In fact, here they are with Spencer Linton. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome in not one, not two, not three, but four BYU women's basketball seniors to recap what has been just an unbelievable career for all of them and specifically an unforgettable 2021-2022 season. That is not over yet because there are more good things to come. With that said, we welcome Paisley Johnson-Harding, Sarah Hampson, Marie Albiero, and Tegan Graham. Great to have you with us in Studio C. Let's start with the hard question, which is trying to get you to sum up how you're feeling right now. The emotions of playing in the Marriott Center for the final week. Tegan, we'll start on the end with you. How are you feeling right now as this comes to a close, at least in Provo? Mm -hmm. I would just say a lot of gratitude. Uh, I'm so lucky to play with these amazing women every day. Um, and so obviously the, it's gonna be an emotional day, but I'm, I, I feel very grateful. Maria, how would you sum up your emotions? Uh, just really all over the place. It's been a really long process and these people have become my family. I've, I've had an incredible journey, so. Just sad, but still excited for the future. Sarah, when I say senior day, what comes to mind? Tears and emotion and just like 
just the end of an era. Like we've been here for so long, it's like unreal to me still. And I just can't even imagine life without this team. And Paisley, last but not least, what are your emotions like right now? Um, I feel like I'm kind of going to be looking in next year, which is weird for me. Um, I think it's going to be weird for all of us just leaving the team and leaving such a great group of girls. So I'm, I'm feeling definitely emotional. I know that the buzzword for the last two years has been COVID or COVID-19, but it did grant all of you an opportunity <laughs> to come back and play another year. You didn't have to take that opportunity, yet all of you did. Why did you opt to come back for another year? Paisa, we'll have you answer first. Um, I came back for the girls. I really did because I have enjoyed getting to know every single one of them, not even just these seniors, but um, all the underclassmen as well. And it was it's just a special experience, I think. I was sitting on the baseline, like, watching my team before practice and people are just laughing, dancing, shooting, like, and I just kind of had like a weird moment where I was like, wow, I don't like, I don't, I won't get this often in my future just with the interactions I have. Cause it, I don't know, being on a team is so special. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss the TikTok videos, especially <laughs> like the genuine reaction when you were shocked to make the NCAA. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite memories all time of covering BYU that sports was, was just, awesome. just the overjoyed feeling of that. That was That's fantastic. Awesome. Okay. Sarah, why come back for another year? Other than wanting to break all of your siblings and your mom's records. <laughs> right, I did have an advantage there with the extra year. <laughs> but no, like Paisley said, I think it's a credit to the team and how unique and special our bond is. Yeah. Like we've all grown so much together as, as the whole team. And just like, why wouldn't I want to spend another year with these girls? I love them so much, like every single one of them. Yeah, yeah we saw that love uh, when you were mobbed after you won at Gonzaga. <laughs> that was fantastic. Another great social media viral moment. Yeah. Maria, I know you have deep love for Brazil, but Provo's close, right? <laughs> the same, too. Same culture, same everything. Same beaches, same sunshine, yep. mm -hmm. warmth. Yeah. Okay, not so much. Yeah. But you had a chance to go home if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. You decided to stay. Yeah, well, like I, I said before, this has become a second home, a family. And just I feel like last year we got a little taste of what it could look like, and it didn't really look exactly how we wanted so given the chance to come back, to me, it was a no-brainer. Come back, good school, we'll study a little more, do whatever, and be around these people. So to me, a no-brainer. Like, I love playing basketball. I love coming to practice. We wanted to do better this That's year. That's special. You like practicing. I love it, yeah. I love being with these people. This and I'd say this everybody, is yeah. That's sure. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, I can speak collectively for all BYU fans. Thank you. <laughs> for all coming back. Tegan, I can't imagine what life would be like without number 10 going for 10 three-pointers in a single game. Like, if you decided not to come back, we're not talking about that. You're not yeah. here. So yeah. why one more year for you? I think, I mean, they've all said it. It's, it's something really, really unique and special that it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to be on a college team that you really love and you really enjoy. And, and like Maria just said, you know, it, it is really special to want to go to practice every day and want to be around the same people and want to compete and, you know, the blood, the sweat, the tears, everything. It's, it's just such a unique, incredible experience that, that why would you not want, want more of that, right? Why was BYU the place for you? We'll start in the middle. Sarah, why was <laughs> BYU the place for you? 
Um, it just really aligned with like my sense of morals and my principles. And I had been around the team all growing up and I knew what the culture was like on the teams. And I just, I love it here. I just love the vibe of BYU. And my family, of course, went here and they're close by. So that's always nice to see them at every home game and for my senior year, every away game. And it's just been, it was just something I dreamed about growing up. And then when I realized there were more options, it didn't, they weren't the right options. So. Well, listen, the Hampsons are all really smart. You needed to be challenged intellectually, right? <laughs> I, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So aside from you challenging yourself intellectually, Paisley. <laughs> oh, no. It's a good sorry. laugh. No, no. The mic comes off. Don't even worry about that. Whatever. Don't even worry about that. This has been a good interview. Okay. okay? <laughs> Why else did you feel like you needed to come to BYU? Um, the first time I came on campus... Um, I just felt it. I don't know what I felt, but I felt it. And um, I just knew I was supposed to be here. Also, they kind of tricked me. I thought it was going to be warm, <laughs> like, year-round. <laughs> but that's not the case, actually. I only came you, in the like, summer. Someone told it was Ray. Yeah. I swear mm -hmm. it was Ray. Sure. Like, I was like, yeah, I want to go somewhere warm. He's like, yeah, that's BYU. <laughs> that's Provo. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And then under his breath, from, like, April until October. Yeah. But I don't know. It was a great fit. My parents really wanted me to come here as well. They both are alma maters, alma maters. So. Yeah. Fantastic. They're part of a huge, thriving alma mater fan base. And I know your mom and dad are super fans, right? That's awesome. I love seeing them riling up the crowd at home games. Yeah. I'm going to miss that. Yeah. Steph on the chair. Not going to lie. Okay, so for our two international seniors here, uh, why BYU? Clearly you had other opportunities. Why BYU? Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily know this was the right place for me initially. I know it is now for sure. I think a couple of different things. I was here, finished high school in North Carolina, lived with an LDS host family. So was introduced to the idea of it. Obviously still came here, was around people. Um, kind of like to, and I kind of like school too. So school is good. Sarah likes school too, Paisley. <laughs> Like school too. <laughs> Learned to like school. I like Learned to like school. <laughs> so I don't know. I think everything, it just fit well. Good basketball. Um, I was in East Coast. Don't think there was a place for me there necessarily. So just came here, talked to the coaches. I don't know. And I adjusted, really adjusted by the years and have made it a good place. Yeah. Tegan, you didn't start here. BYU wasn't the initial choice for you, but it became the eventual choice. Why? BYU is actually, yeah, I don't know if I have like a direct sort of like it was this moment, but it was almost, it was almost a long shot because of COVID and how the whole thing worked when I left my old school. Um, I just really wanted to have a good experience with basketball, um, which I didn't at my, at my previous school. So I, I wanted to go somewhere fun. And I, and I kind of just like, it really was a shot in the dark almost. Um, and it was sort of like, I really liked, the, the girls seem awesome. The team culture seems fun. Um, and then I got here and I was just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, everything just lined up perfectly for me. So I think B BYU was, was, as everyone would say here, a blessing because I didn't really expect to come here and didn't know really anything about it and its legacy. And I've had an incredible time here. So You've all already accomplished so much and you're pacing for something special this season. I know the dreams are big. It's almost scary to talk about how big those dreams are, but you don't seem to be afraid of those. So... How would you explain to somebody what the common goal is of this BYU women's basketball team? Paisley, we'll start with you. What's, what's the goal for BYU women's basketball right now? Um, right now, it's to win conference. 
Right now, that's our goal. And that's like in our hands right now. That's it's our thing to lose at this point. So that's what our goal right now is. Okay. Well, and it's safe to say that winning conference will put you in a grand position for the eventual NCAA tournament. But as a senior playing the NCAA tournament, there's some natural pressure and excitement associated with that. So when I bring up the tournament, I know first things first, but when I bring up the tournament, because it's going to happen, like yeah. that will happen. You've done enough. It's going to happen. It better happen. Can I guarantee that? <laughs> I'm guaranteeing. I mean, I okay? hope. I'll shave my head. Okay. Well, hire is left on the top of it if you don't make the NCAA tournament. Okay? That's how sure I am. Everybody. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, when I say NCAA tournament, what goes through your mind? Uh, excitement. I just, I love the tournament so much. It brings like a different kind of energy and atmosphere to the team. It's so fun. And it's, it's just a very different vibe from the rest of the season. Just they, you, you, they treat you so like special and like we are special. We earn that. We win every, we win all these games so that we can get there. And to get this point, we work hard every day. And it's just an awesome experience. Very unique. And I just really enjoy it. March Madness, Maria. Yeah. Went to the second round last year, pushed Arizona, an eventual national runner-up, to the limit. Yeah. But you said it kind of left something, like there was more there. What else is there? Yeah, I think I think it's another chance for us to go a little bit farther. Like the two times we've been, um, we won the first game. I feel like that's kind that kind of happens with BYU. It seems like we're always the underdog and we prepare. We're a disciplined team and we win. I just think we just want to go farther and just make it worth it. Tegan? Yeah, I, I feel like like what these guys are saying. We we almost have an underdog mentality, even even if we're ranked, even if we're picked first, whatever. We kind of there's this vibe on our team. We just we love to compete and we want to win more than anything. So there's almost this chip on our shoulder to prove ourselves always, game in, game out. So like Paisley said, I think our our focus and our mentality really is like step by step. Like we win tomorrow, we win the next game, we win, you know, so forth. So it's more just figuring out, you know, how we get that mentality to just keep going and just keep getting better and better and better. Hey, I'm not going to doubt a team that was down 15 against Gonzaga and then won by 12, okay, in the kennel. In the like kennel. That, that's, that's tough to do. As we wrap up, I have to ask, what's your favorite Juddyism? You always do this. Every time we talk He's to you, you so bring it up. Tegan, <laughs> shoot the ball. <laughs> What's your favorite Juddyism? These who guys wants, have who way wants more to than start? Me. I can go first. Sarah, you Sarah's go first. Sarah's like, I volunteer as <laughs> tribute. Um, so we're in the Marriott Center, right, for practice a lot of times, and they have all, like, the, the stands. And he's like, if I told you to run to that stair, are you going to hop over every single bench in the stands? Are you going to use the stairs? Like, <laughs> you got to pick the easier, the easier route. And he somehow talks about it for a whole 10 minutes. <laughs> he does that. He really does. I don't know how. <laughs> OK. Maria, would you like to go next? <laughs> I mean, my favorite thing really is, imitating him just yeah. how he like walks around <gasps> so i'll do them no I can't. i'm not going to that's my favorite thing i'll do that every now and then his strut uh just yeah. a little strut i mean the man played for years so it's it's understandable He's still over there doing his push-ups yeah uh yep i'd say i think the cake one is really funny he's like oh you maria 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 you're gonna go to the grocery store and buy all these ingredients and and you're just not gonna bake the cake and everybody's waiting for the second point we're just like Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> bake the cake, yeah, Maria. Yeah, talking about like you make a really cool move sure. and he didn't make the yeah. basket, so. Yeah, I get it. Okay, yeah. all right, Paisley? Um, I, well, there's too many, but I think what right now what my favorite is is he'll just come and like 
just smack us on the shoulder like really, really hard for no reason. But it, he he's just happy to be with yes. us. So I think he's nice little smack. He really is like uh, he is having so much fun right yeah. now. Yeah, the joy is real for Jeff Judkins. It, it should be. I love it. Kate Tegan, your ode to Jeff Judkins. I don't even know. There's so many. He just. I, I think one of my favorite things he does is he says frustrated instead of frustrated. <laughs> and it brings me joy. It just brings me this immense joy whenever he says it. And we love Jetty. He's, he has all his quirks, but yes. he's good fun every day. It's a combination of flustered and frustrated. And, exactly. it, and sometimes it is exactly that it's word. that emotion. It is that emotion. It should be a word, really. We should make it a word just for him. I'm sure you were frustrated when you were down 15 at Gonzaga. Yeah, right? he was. <laughs> and so was he. He was very frustrated. Hey, it's great to have you here. Congratulations to all of you on fantastic careers and for taking some time with us in your busy schedules. Of course. Thanks, Thanks for having you. Me. Okay, the four seniors, ladies and gentlemen, getting it done for BYU women's basketball. Absolutely, and it's coming up at the top of the hour, LMU and BYU. There you see Paisley Harding. Listen, that eye, uh, you know, like 12 days ago was all, you know, big big old, you know, cut and yeah, stitching. It tough. looks pretty good, man. Harding, number six all-time in scoring at BYU, 1,813 points. There's uh, Maria Albiero. Albiero, assist leader. There's the leading three-point shooter. Tegan Graham has been the leading three-point shooter in the league for most of the season. Uh, Every single one of those shots went in. Yeah. We didn't see him, but you could tell by her uh, and body language. And there's the number two shot blocker in the history of the school, right behind her mom and ahead of her sister with Sarah Hampson. At 6'7", coming off the bench, is a she's a game changer yep. with, uh, with that lineup. She can start or she comes off the bench, but if she comes off the bench, um, you know, other teams, all of a sudden they have to adjust everything about their inside game, where you their shot swatted, and uh, this is a this is the makeup of a team that can go a long ways in a tournament. It's special with those four seniors, and we focused on the seniors. We didn't even show the best player on the team, right? Jaylee Gonzalez. It's but it's senior time because it's senior week. Uh, so BYU and LMU coming up at the top of the hour. Stay with us. It's going to be a fun one against LMU. Straight ahead, uh, it's time for those inspiring words: play ball. Mike Littlewood, baseball coach, sitting down with Jason Shepard just a two days ahead of the season opener. Yeah, let's go. And can Shaylee Gonzalez become the all-time leading scorer by the end of her career? And who is the best sports movie villain? There's Shaylee, BYU and LMU, coming up in about half an hour. She had 19 against the Lions earlier on January 15th. Looking for another big day on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Tomorrow night, the 19th-ranked gymnastics team in action against number 23, Southern Utah, at the Smith Fieldhouse at 9 Eastern. You can see the excellent coverage on BYU TV. Just about every sport on campus is nationally ranked. Come on, men's basketball. Let's get it back. Get, get it together. Do you know SUU's nickname? And this is legit. I'm not kidding. Well, uh, for the gymnastics team? Yeah, yes. No. I, I know the they're flipping birds. That's a real thing. They're the flipping birds. The flipping birds. I'm not kidding. <laughs> All right. It's tremendous, right? Sends your, it sends the mind in a variety of avenues. Yes, it does. Cool. And that's the only time we can mention that right here on BYU The flipping birds? The flipping birds. Okay. Yep. Well, it live is on BYU We're TV. not going to demonstrate uh, that. They will do that Friday night um, on BYU TV. <laughs> he is Dave. I am Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Maris, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Okay, here we go. San Francisco plays St. Mary's tonight. Who will BYU be rooting for and why? 
I would think you want St. Mary's because it'll help Saturday be even bigger. Also, I kind of want St. Mary's just to be the two because I want some outside crazy shot that BYU gets a three. So you're off of Gonzaga's side of the bracket. Then you'd get another quad one semifinal opportunity to boost the resume. That's my that's my hope and prayer. Both hope and prayer. Yeah, H and P. Saturday night. It'll be fun. Who are you? I think you- I, I, I want I want St. Mary's to win. Um, in a long, exhaustive, drawn-out. Another triple OT. Like four or five overtimes. So So now it's four or five. They're a little tired. Yeah, you're getting a little greedy there. We Uh, need them a little tired. (laughs) Yoli Childs has 20-plus in four of the last five and four double-doubles while shooting about 50% in all five. He is killing it. Will Yoli Childs get an NBA call-up at some point? We continue to ask this question, and he continues to give us great performance. You know what Yo does? He just gets better and better. When he showed up on campus, he got better and better his senior year. He was at the the peak of his collegiate game. And now as a professional, we're seeing him get better and better. Even in the last month, every game, he's getting better and better. That's the kind of guy you want on your team. There's a lot of guys in the NBA that can't shoot jack. Get Yoli, pay him some, let him play, let him help your team, and then hopefully he can stay there. And you know what, call Elijah Bryant back too. <laughs> yes, bring, him, bring them all in. Yoli is performing at such high level that I would be surprised if he does not by the end of the year. Yeah. He's playing too well not to at least get a 10 day at some point. I think you're right, and I think you should. Yeah. Okay, Shayla Gonzalez, two points away from moving up to 11th all-time on the BYU Women's Hoops scoring list. Does she have a shot to become the all-time leading scorer here? Think about it. She's got 1,436 points. Tina Gunn's record. 2,759. She did that in 101 games. She averaged 31 a game her senior year. Wait, only 101 games? Only 101 games. Are you kidding me? Jaylee's going to play another season longer, you know, with COVID. Yes, five years. Uh, And I talked to Jeff Judkins about that, and he believes she's on pace that if if she stays the next two years, which she tends to, um, she'll break Tina Gunn's record before she's done, which will be amazing. And I asked Danny Ainge, I go, "Does does it really count? I mean, she got a whole extra season. And should there be an asterisk next to it if she does? He goes, no. He goes, you know, it's records are meant to be broken. It's fun for the fans. Yeah. He didn't have a three-point line or a shot clock. Or 35 games a year. Yeah. And and he watched Jimmer and Tyler pass him by. He said, you know what? It was awesome for the fans. That's why we have records. Tina Gunn feels the same way. She's on her way. Let's see how many points she scores today. She she If she has about 70 games left in her career, she needs about 19 a game. So she's got to crank it up two more points per game than she has a shot. I think she'll get there. Yeah. Ashley Hatch in the U.S. Women's National Team playing the Czech Republic today. Do you expect her to score a goal? I expect her to score a goal every game. I don't care what game she's playing. Soccer in particular. But Ashley's that good. She can score in any game. Ever. So, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's fun to see him representing USA. Absolutely. Okay, BYU baseball pick to finish second in the West Coast Conference this year. What are your expectations for the Batcats? We're going to have a lot of games on BYU TV and BYU Radio, and Mike Littlewood's pretty optimistic. Got a lot of young guys, some good arms. I think they'll challenge Gonzaga for, for, the, for the title. And then they got one more year, and then it's Big 12 baseball. That's going to a whole other planet. Second in the regular season would be great. Just be top four, get into the tournament, which I assume is back on this year. It wasn't so. last year. And then anything can happen in that tournament. You always come back down after losing the first game in a double elimination. Right? Okay, and last but not least, Sports Center posted about Happy Gilmore turning 26 today, the movie. Asked which sports movie villain would you give Shooter McGavin uh, would give Shooter McGavin a run for his money? Who you got, Dan? Mr. T would knock him out cold. Clubber Lang. I think Clubber Lang was <laughs> was was perfect for that role in uh, in the Rocky series. And I remember watching that. I remember not liking him. 
Uh, and then when, I was sad when he kicked Rocky's rear end, and then I was glad when Rocky came back. <laughs> Just like the movie Ryder was hoping to take us on that journey. I, I, I thought of, of the list of, in sports movies, Clubber Lang is my number one. Yvonne Drago is pretty tough, pretty right? Uh, you know, in Rocky IV there. He didn't have a lot of lines, but right. it was pretty I tough. will break you. <laughs> uh, White Goodman from uh, Dodgeball was a pretty big foe as well and yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. But shoot him at Gavin, man. Shooter! Yeah, love that. <laughs> coming up, our rise and shout-outs on this Thursday. And we preview the baseball season coming up with Mike Littlewood. Jason Shepard sits down to talk with him. This is BYU Sports Nation, ahead of women's hoops, coming up at the top of the hour. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Alex Barcelo knocking down two more right there in slow motion. It'll be all high speed Saturday night. BYU and St. Mary's Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio at 9 o'clock Eastern time. ESPN has the game for the rest of the world to see. It's a big one Saturday night. Welcome back. BYU baseball expected to have another good season this year, led by Mike Littlewood. For a season preview, here's Jason Shepard. Joining me now, the head baseball coach of the BYU Cougars. He is Mike Littlewood and coach... After a long offseason, the season is here. How excited are you for uh, for the 2022 season to finally be here? Oh, man, I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am, especially to have just a, the team we have, a much more mature team, basically the same team we've had the last couple of years with some experience under their belt uh, and, a, a, and a, some great additions to the team. So we're ready to get going. Yeah, and w what are your overall thoughts? I mean, because obviously the guys have been practicing and – uh, for the last, you know, couple of weeks, had the off season, fall season. So this team has been able to get together and and see what you can what you can do. What have been your overall impressions early on? Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've been out practicing basically like our spring training from September seventh or whatever. You know, first day first day of school, we've been uh, ready to go. Um, I think overall, it's just uh, just a much ma more mature team. Um, we're going to have a strong pitching staff, the deepest staff we've ever had. I think we're twelve pitchers deep that can actually go in games and, and help us get outs. Um, but on the position player side, I'm, I'm really excited just because they've grown up. They're, they're much more able to put together good at-bats. Um, they'll compete a little bit better. They have an understanding of, of what the game's all about instead of just kind of going up there, oh, I hope, hope I can hit the ball. And so that's just the maturity level and, and how we're going about things and, and, and our comfort level. Um, and it kind of showed when we played Utah. Uh, we're always comfortable when, when we scrimmage. So that's we want to take that scrimmage attitude and that comfort level out to out to really real games. And, and I think the two scrimmages we had at Utah showed those. We played at a really nice comfort level, confident, and um, hopefully we can continue that at Indiana State this week. Well, and you mentioned a lot of guys returning, but you also have some very impressive newcomers. And you, you already talked about the, the pitching staff as a whole. I think that's probably most evident there because you know you do have guys that were in the starting rotation last year but a lot of guys coming in that are part of those 17 newcomers that will see time in the rotation what, what are your what are your thoughts on the starting rotation heading into this weekend well yeah well so we'll start jack sterner he was a, he's been our uh, starter last year our number one starter last year um you know kind of a power fastball works downhill good some uh good down and in run and good slider really developing his secondary pitches Nate Daly will go uh, our second game, uh, which will be game one against Marshall. Uh, transfer from CSI, big, strong kid. Um, should, should be in the low to mid-90s with, with great control. And then you talk about newcomers. Jansen Kiesel uh, from Gunnison High School will be our, our third starter, uh, which would be game 
three or game two against Marshall right. on that, on that doubleheader. But Jansen can run it up there to the mid-90s and, and uh, just really I'm looking forward to seeing him develop uh, over the course of his three years here. And, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be a high draft pick when he leaves, but he's got a just a, a lightning arm. And then game four, we'll go with Ryan Brady. That's going to be Ohio State on Monday. And so I, I feel really good about that. We have Bryce Robison, who's kind of – he was a starter last year, but had a little bit of a, an elbow issue, so we kind of kept him out this fall. He's right there, just kind of – we can piggyback him as a starter. He can come in in the second inning and finish a game for us. And I really like the ability to use him as a hybrid, kind of a starter, reliever type guy. Well, and with Bryce and, you know, Reed McLaughlin, the, the – the bullpen is stacked for you. Have so many options in the pen. Yeah, I mean, Cy Nielsen from the left side and Boston Mavis and, and Cy, um, um, Cooper McKeon from the left side, um, right side Carter Smith and uh, Reed McLaughlin, who have experience. All those guys have experience. I think we're really going to be excited about a left-hander from Bingham High School, Justice Riser, um, true freshman, throws four pitches for strikes, really competes. His first outing at Utah up there came in and struck out the side, and just you would never know if he's thrown three balls in a row or struck out the side. He's just got the same demeanor, very athletic, feels his position, got a great pickoff move, just kind of does it all for us. Let's talk about the position players, and there's a lot of very familiar names, whether it's Pintar at second, Watkins at short, Mitch McIntyre, Cole Gamble, lots of guys that game in and game out each uh, can be the guy. Well, it's fun to see the same team. One, one thing about BYU baseball and really other sports here at BYU is we have trouble having continuity because of missions and, you know, guys getting married and they decide not to play. So then you have to bring another guy in. So you, know, you can have an 18 year old or a 26 year old and anything in between. But it's but this year we have some continuity. We've had the same guys for two or three years in, in a row now. And so, yeah, those names you mentioned and you include Josh Cowden, you include um, Hayden Latham and Ryan Sapiti, who's swinging it really well. Um, Jacob Rogers and Austin Deming. Just going down, just going down the line. I mean, it's it's uh, really exciting for us. We do have three new guys at the catching spot: Colin Ruder, a freshman. I know you, you want to touch on him a little bit, but um, Mason Strong, a freshman. Um, right now, Mason's hurt; he won't go on the first trip. Chase Peterson and then J.D. Gardner. So we're four deep at the catching spot, but uh, Colin's really stepped up for us. Yeah, let's let's go there. This is a freshman catcher from Mississippi, and this guy is special. D1 Baseball has him as the WCC Freshman of the Year. We all know how important the catcher position is for a lot of different reasons. What type of impact do you think he can make his freshman year? Well, I think I think just that. I think he's clearly going to be um, an all-conference type player. He, if you just if you're around him a little bit, he's he's got a certain calmness. He knows how to handle the pitching staff. Uh, big, strong kid. I mean, I think it was Friday. He got a fastball inside and just kind of pulled his hands in, got jammed a little bit, and hit it up into the trees in left field. But he he just kind of has he he's got an old soul. I, I guess that would be the the best way to put it. He. He never gets rushed, um, never gets his motor going too quick. Um, and he's just one of those guys. He, he, we're going to hit him fourth in the lineup behind Cole Gamble. And um, I think he's going to be just an impact guy for us this year. Let's, uh, let's go to maybe your biggest concern, or maybe even a better word, your biggest unknown right now heading into the season is what? I would say third base. I mean, we, we need a guy. We have those, those guys, Austin Deming and, and Jacob Rogers and freshman Ozzie Pratt's been playing over there a little bit. Brock Watkins plays a great third base. And, and our plan a little bit was to move Pintar to short and Brock over to third just to, to try that. Um, Andrew Pintar's arm's not quite coming back to play short. I think it will eventually. So he's, we're going to play him at second to start off with. And great player. I mean, he's, I, I would assume 
Penny's going to be gone after this year with a draft, but having a great year. But I would say that's probably the biggest concern for me. We do have guys, though. Um, yeah. It's just going to be who can go in there and swing it and play good defense um, for nine innings. That's that's what we're looking for out of that position. All right, let's focus on the, the opening series. In Port Charlotte, Florida, it is the Snowbird Baseball Classic. And as you mentioned, uh, up first is Indiana State. That will be on Friday. And that's a team that's been in the, uh, the postseason in 2021 and in 2019. Then a doubleheader on Saturday against Marshall and then Ohio State on Monday. Uh, just maybe overall thoughts on this tournament in general. And then first up, Indiana State. Yeah, it's the first time we've been down there. Ohio State runs the tournament. Um, and it's w w my first thought is we're playing 27 innings in 24 hours. <laughs> Getting off the plane at like nine o'clock and then and then playing uh, a bunch of games, but obviously this time of year guys can they're, they're rested and, and ready to go. But um, you know I just Indiana State's a really good team. I mean they're they're going to be a lot like uh, Texas State was last year as far as being older and more mature, but they're going to be more talented. Be, they did go to a regional. They got most of their guys back, so it's going to be a good challenge for us. I mean it's a team that we should be able to to match up with really well. I mean I would expect our team to be a regional type team. Um, so that should be a, a really good uh, uh, game for us. And then we play Marshall twice. Um, you know, it, it, in baseball, it's like you never know. It, it's it's a team that we should beat. But um, baseball is weird, man. They, you get a pitcher up there who has good stuff that day and or you're lining out to people. And and so we need to play two solid games. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll come, come away with two wins. And then obviously Ohio State, who uh, won the Big Ten tournament last year and, and uh, has a lot of their players back. And. I'm, I'm excited to see what Ryan Brady's going to do with those guys. And, and uh, you know, he's, Ryan's been on a mission, then came home with co uh, af during COVID and left and came back. And so he, he did a great job just following through with his mission. And now he's, now he's back and ready to go. I'm assuming you're probably like me. You've been checking to see what the weather is supposed to be like in, uh, in Florida, 80 degrees. Uh, so I think that's going to be welcomed. Uh, you packing a lot of shorts for this trip? I wish I could go to the beach a little bit, but I don't think so. The only shorts I, I'm packing are the ones I wear under my, my baseball pants. No, no morning run on the beach to kind of get, uh, get I'm sure, ready to go? Yeah, I'm sure I'll figure out some time. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, appreciate you stopping by. Really looking forward to this. And uh, just a reminder, uh, all of the games can be heard on the radio, BYU Radio 107.9 FM and or uh, the app as well as BYUcougars.com slash live radio. So lots of ways for you to be able to uh, listen to the games. Uh, myself, Tuckett Slade, will have the call for you uh, beginning on Friday against Indiana State. Should be fun. For all the details on times and where you can listen, make sure you go to uh, BYUcougars.com and go to the baseball page and check out the schedule. Coach, let's, uh, let's go. I'm ready for some baseball. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. Thanks. Go Cougs. Go Cougs indeed. Tomorrow, 1230 Eastern against Indiana State, as uh, Shep mentioned, coming up uh, with the baseball season. Exciting. Our elite voice of the day is straight ahead this morning. And arise and shout out to thousands gathered in the Marriott Center, elementary school kids. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. LMU and BYU Top of the Hour. The kids have arrived. Oh, they, they are ready to scream. <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. And don't forget to download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day is this. Is it March Madness or bust for the men's basketball team? At Raider Bromwell on Twitter. March Madness for sure, or for sure, BYU has found their rhythm from beyond the arc and will beat St. Mary's on Saturday. Now, BYU can have any semblance of what it was Saturday offensively. 
then yeah. But you know who's number 14 in defensive rating in the country? St. Mary's. That's one of the best defensive teams BYU will play all year. So I'm, I'm not sure you can quite summon that response, right? At Mr. Knox on Instagram. Not expecting much. This year has been rough with injuries. Gotta love the fight, though. That was our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance ah. Mountain Resort. I don't know why that was the elite one. We could, we probably could have done better, to be honest. <laughs> Not expecting much. That's the elite one. It's pre-Friday. This is yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. We're the, we're sometimes the homers. You know what I'm saying? Today's rise and chatter. Oh, oh, we're getting a fresh elite voice of the day. I don't know who it's from though. Put that in there, please. Rob N on Twitter. Yes, is more like it. BYU is the type of program where making the tourneys the goal, especially heading into the Big 12. No expectations. Anything else would be disappointing. Well, it sounds like you have expectations, Rob. If yeah. if <laughs> if you like... want if you want to get in, yeah, we we hope for the best here. You know, uh, we we but given what's happened this year, it's what it, fans it might do. be too tough to ask. It's what fans do. We expect stuff. Sure. Then we're pleasantly surprised or crushed. Yeah. Even though we expected it you know yeah, yeah if if BYU was terrible at sports I don't think we have a daily show to talk about all the terribleness <laughs> right you're always good today's rise and shout outs are presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU athletics how about a shout out to Gail Halverson the candy bomber former dean of student life at BYU for 10 years as part of his amazing life passed away last night here in Utah Valley at 101 mm. and may he rest in peace he made a he made a giant difference in his life. Absolutely. Yeah, and for so if, many people. If you don't know who we're talking about, just Google the candy bomber. Yeah. It's incredible. And then, of course, to all the kids who you will see for the next two hours coming up here on BYU TV at Kids Day. Oh, they're in the house. They're, they're here from school. We're told second through fifth grade. They brought the signs. They brought the energy. I have a complaint to Mr. Buchanan of Sewer Park Elementary School back in the day. We never got to come to basketball <laughs> games in the middle of a school day. You went to Sierra Park Elementary? Yeah. I did for three months, too, in fourth grade. It's a special place. Yes, it is. Of course, they knocked it down and rebuilt some new school. Right by the park. Changed the name. Yeah, exactly. Basketball's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Cougars ranked 20th in the country. They are worth your attention. we got two hours of them straight ahead. Absolutely. Sorry to Dennis Pitta for Spencer, Jason, and Dave. I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Apana Nakayama, LMU, and BYU Women's Hoops coming up next.